what's annoying? What? When they're like, oh yeah, this person's doing a song for the soundtrack. And then oh, you're like, oh, okay, it's just the soundtrack. Because like I kind of expect it to be in, in the movie. Yeah, because I didn't hear Troy once. I thought he was at the end, but it was some other person. It was all the bleachers, wasn't it? Like in the Kinks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I noticed uh, the book, like, you know how they made in- mention Panic at the Disco? Mm-hmm. That was a different band oh, in okay. the book. It was like, yeah, I don't know the band, but there was like all the musical references were changed and all the movie references and stuff, except for The Bachelor, that was in it. Mm. But everything was changed to be, like, more modern, I think. Do you know how old the book? The book was 2014. It was oh, the, okay. That's the time it was set in, because they mentioned 2014 at one point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know, like, because I've read books that are, like, a snapshot of, like, 2008, but this was, and that was, like, a snapshot of 2014, but, like... I don't know, I just don't know the bands they were talking about, because they're very, like, American. Yeah. You know how, like, we have our bands that we know in Australia. Mm. There's a lot of, I think, movies and even just interpretation of people's lives when someone comes out as gay that, like, you know, especially when someone's married and, like, in a straight relationship and then they come out of it and there's, like, um, a lot of movies seem to go, oh, okay, that's all right. And, like, the wife's meant to be best friends with them still. And I know that's it's not as like that in this movie, but I enjoy that they went... We get that you got stuff going on, but you were you were shit to us. Yeah. No, I was 100% feeling that. Like, as it went on, I was like, I'm really supportive of you and your story, but you're also being a really bad person to your yeah. friends. Like, you were letting them down. But I liked that a lot because there was, like, so many different reactions. Like, I liked when he told um, his friend that he was gay. Abby? When he told her... That was, like, the ultimate, like, coming out gratification, how people describe they want it to be. Like, mm-hmm. you tell somebody and their reaction is to just say that they love you. Yeah. So that, like, felt affirming. Mm. But I was also kind of at the same time, like, I wish it was like that. Sometimes it is like that. But, mm. like, that's kind of what you... what it, It's kind of painted that you're looking for. Yeah, her name was Abby. Um, yes. But then, like, with Catherine Langford's character, Leah... That was super realistic because I've lived that. (laughs) Like, um, I've had different friends be like, why didn't you tell me? Like you told them and I'm totally understand like why they want to know and all of that jazz. But like what his little speech that he had where he was like, I've known you for 13 years and I've known her for six months. And if I tell you, it changes everything. Cause it does. It like Mm. completely rewrites your history because you were somebody else. For that whole time, but you, like, I don't know, it's hard being, like, cognizant of it. But, like, I had a similar thing as him, like, about the same age. I had the same sort of thing going on. But, yeah, like, it was hard to tell some people and it was easier to tell others. So I totally felt that that was, like, super, Mm. like, tugging at the heartstrings. I like when he texted his mum. That was cute. Yeah. Out of the dance. That was so funny. Yeah, because um, yeah, they mentioned that in the book. He like his first girlfriend. He ran away from her. Yeah. Went to the bathroom. Hid in the bathroom, and then never spoke to her again. Which is like oh, okay. super crappy. Yeah. Like you know, she's like, I love you. Because <laughs> she's just gonna remember that forever as like this boy just left. Mm. But um, I don't know if it was the same girl. You know the girl that walked up to him into the cafeteria and was like, "Did you?" 
like me because I looked like a boy. Mm. And then he was like, no, I like, I stopped liking you because you don't look like a boy. Yeah. I don't know if it was the same girl as in the dance. Um, I thought it dance, was, yeah. But I thought that was really good as well. Because, like, I don't know, you just kind of get questions like that. Because um, like, I have. Yeah. I've had people <laughs> say to me, like, they see, like, because I've had an ex-girlfriend, they see her and they're like, I thought you were going to have, like, more of, like, a butch kind of girl that you'd be attracted to. And I'm like, I don't know why you were imagining who I was dating. Like, here's a picture of them. We have Facebook. But also, like, that's you projecting. Like, I, as much as I like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not attracted to butch-looking people, but it just so happened that the girl I dated was quite girly and pretty. But I like those things anyway. So, like, I don't know. It's complicated, but it is just a funny thing that people do say sometimes. Yeah. And it's not even, like, was he even necessarily attracted to her? Was he just trying to force it kind of thing? Because she was probably outwardly attracted to him. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I might as well roll with it and see how it goes. Yeah. Like, oh. I feel like that's also kind of how high school relationships go anyway. You kind of, like... Roll with it, yeah. Yeah, you're like, cool, somebody's interested in you. Let's see where this goes or what happens. And then mm. if you learn something about yourself on the way, you learn something about yourself on the way. Yeah. I do like that she asked that, though, because I feel like whenever you meet a chick and she's like, my boyfriend turned out to be gay, they always have, like, they're always so self-conscious about it. And it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not you, it's them. <laughs> yeah. I guess, like, that's the difference between, like, our actual high school experience and the way that it's put in the movie is that everyone's really forward and open with each other yeah. even though the movie's about somebody not being forward and open with mm. their friends everybody else does seem to like appear as forward open people i like to in it because i was a bit um judgy of you know he's got this perfect family like two parents two kids lives in the burbs everyone's lovely and then his big problem is like, oh, I just don't want to tell anyone I'm gay. But I like that they kind of made it more about it's up to him to how he wants to say it. It's yeah. not him worried his family won't love him. It's just, I guess, him accepting it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they weren't trying to be like, this is the worst thing ever. It's just like he's just not ready to say anything. Yeah. And I like that he's blue seem to have a bit more going on. I kind of wish they went a bit more into the like the harder aspects, like the other, the outwardly gay person. The worst thing they talked about was going to family gatherings. Yeah. And not the bullying they clearly get all the yeah. time. Because, you know, we, we saw another instance of them being bullied and then they're like, hmm, whatever, because they, they can, you know, they have good comebacks. But that would still must suck. Yeah, because, like, there's... You get bullied, and there's people out there that don't have, like, a good comeback. Or, like, even if you do have a good one, it doesn't mean someone's instantly... Everyone's going to instantly laugh and be accepting of it. Because, yeah, you just do get that hatred from some people. But, yeah, I I liked that, the whole... It was on Simon, like, his, his agency within coming out. Because that, like... I think a lot of coming out stories do get tied up in a lot of the bad stuff that can happen. Yeah. So... This is, yeah, a nice exploration of somebody, like, trying to just work their way through it and come to terms with it themselves. Yeah, that get take that gets taken away from them. 
but like that is like a big part of it. You want to be in control and you also need time to accept it. Like some people don't and some people do, but I found that it took me longer to accept it properly than I came out before I'd properly fully accepted it. I needed to learn to accept myself by being my authentic self. I mean, even like years later, like, you know how when his sister came in and she was really upset, but she was trying to help him. That was really, really, really sweet and really touching because I found when I came out, you get family members crying, but they're not crying because they're sad about you being gay. They're worried or Mm. confused or they're trying to, like, understand for you and they have, like, such intense emotions that they just... It gets all jumbled up or, like... um, So, for example, last weekend we were at a party and I was talking to someone about being gay and they were just asking me some questions and my nan was there and she's known for a very long time and she, even before I came out, she was, like, telling me about how much she, like, accepts... LGBT people and she just wants people to live their authentic selves which is really touching before I even had come out or properly even thought about it I was like sweet well my nan loves me so I can keep going but so I'm just having a casual chat just talking about gay things with people trying to sort stuff out also having like big chats about gender because like I just always get into that because some people just they want to know more mm-hmm. but my nan got really really upset and she just kept interjecting and saying I love him no matter what and We were like, yeah, no, awesome. And, like, my nan just interjects with random things all the time. She just loves to just say things. So we didn't really think anything of it. But actually later, my sister had to come and say, can you come talk to her? Um, She's distraught. And I went and she was like, she thought that maybe because of her age, because she's in her 80s now, like, people don't talk about that sort of stuff so openly. Because I was just having a casual conversation. But she was just so worried for me and she didn't want anyone to be like not accepting me for who I was. And she, so she was overcome with emotion. So I had to be like, I'm strong. I'm good. I'm having a good time. I'm just having a chat. Like, I'm like, this is a teaching moment. Not like a, um, I'm not being. You're not telling anyone off. Yeah. I'm not. And the person I'm talking to isn't hateful. And in fact, I've known them for years. Like Nan was like, okay, well that's good. But yeah, no one else could calm it down. I had to like come and give her a big hug, but it's so like overwhelming for you because you don't, you're not aware of how other people are going to react. Mm. So like when his sister came in and like all she wanted to do was help. And then when she just cried, that really like broke my heart. Cause I was like, she, and she's so young and she's so strong for him. Like she's on his side through and through, which like their family unit is wonderful. It was very cute. She was sad because of how it she found out kind of thing. And, like, that must be really... That'd be rough on her, too, because people on the internet are talking about your brother. They're, they're just bullying him, essentially. And she seemed like she's too young to kind of get what he would probably be going through. But mm. She's just worried about him. And, yeah, everyone's talking about it. It's in everything. It was in Riverdale. It was on every GIF I saw online. Jennifer Garner's speech. Everyone loved that in the movie. And I worked as hard as I could to not come across that speech because it was getting spoiled for me and everything. And I wanted to hear it authentically in the middle of the movie where it's meant to be from her. And it was so moving. And even though she's talking to Simon 
I felt like she was talking to me and I was having a big old cry. It was just like so sweet. And then the other side of it, having good old daddy Josh Dumal, which great (laughs) choice, great choice. The way he got emotional was just so sweet. And I liked that because uh, like I have a father who can be pretty emotional. He like, he, we've always been a cryy family. We just all cry. Like, and people always say men don't cry, but they do heaps. And like the fact that they had a dad on the TV who's just a big crier. I, I know that feel. And like, that was lovely as well. I feel like he seemed most sad about the fact that all his jokes weren't landing for a very particular <laughs> reason. He's like catering it to his teenage son. And then he's like, Oh no, wrong demographic. I've messed up. This is terrible. (laughs) I like how they seem to deal with redemption really well too. Like even our, essentially our villain at the end kind of goes, I did a really crappy thing and I want to fix it. And you'd still, oh, forever be like, that guy's the worst. But at least he did sort of try, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where like, because there's been a, John Cusian feel thrown around in describing this film. So the fact that you've got characters that even though they've got big flaws that you don't like, they have a way of like positively and entertainingly redeeming themselves. Like Mm. you said, I mean, I don't love 16 candles because it's got some vibes that make me very uncomfortable, but the nerd guy whose name escapes me at the moment, he like has that kind of like, jokey, redeemable. Actually, it's probably even better in The Breakfast Club because they're all meant to be misfits and then you learn to love them. <laughs> I feel like you you ended that midway through a point. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Definitely did. Um, yeah, I don't know where I... I forgot where I was going. John Hughes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the quirky redeemableness of them. Yeah, because I loved when Simon pretended he was running and it was so obvious that he wasn't. And he made Catherine Langford's character Leah laugh. And then by that point, you're like, screw it, we're over it too. Like, he was bad. Everyone was bad. Who cares anymore? Let's, like, finish this off because this story is about love. Like, that's, like, I like that aspect of it. And I guess I can see the John Hughes part there. And also in the music and, like, the ridiculousness of a Ferris wheel. That's Yeah, I feel like that was really the suspension of disbelief situation there I was like this guy's already said repeatedly he's not ready and then you do this massive declaration thing which you know if you're not into like public displays of affection or heights or crowds of people like you you're just like I can't go there yeah that's totally me I hate heights so therefore I could never find my true love in that film because I couldn't go on the ferris wheel I have to be like can we just not go on the Ferris wheel? <laughs> Wouldn't be as romantic. And would, was the person standing there the whole time? Like, or did they just turn up at the last minute? Oh, yeah, I didn't see him in the crowd or anything. No. Like, the only person I saw was the other soccer player who, like, yeah, who, that... like, invited everyone to the party. And they made it seem like he was getting ready to mm. go up there, but that didn't happen and then it was like the one I like wanted it to be because they were so sweet together Mm. but um I did also like that because I was a bit worried it would be 
someone that he hadn't really interacted with mm. and then he'd be like oh yeah we're in love make out blah blah but i like that it was someone he had an established relationship with because that was a bit more believable than being like i just love you from your emails we've done like 20 emails and yeah. i love you yeah so he's like oh i actually know this person and i really get along with them yeah we get to see them have physical chemistry and like emotional chemistry because of the emails and stuff but um Oh, the kiss. The kiss. So, I've got two points. First, they kissed a bunch, which, like, you don't really get that with, like, movies with queer characters. You get, like, a moment. This was lovely to just have a whole movie dedicated to it Mm. and to get there. And they just smooched a bunch of times, which was just super sweet. But also, when, um, I was starting to get about three quarters of the way through, I was getting the vibes that, like, if you put in darker music, Simon would start appearing a little on the borderline of psychosis because he had a lot of hallucinations, especially at Christmas time when he oh, wandered yeah. all the way over to the mistletoe and then we he's not standing there. So he's just gotten up from the kitchen table and is just pretending to kiss someone in the middle of the hall. And, in front of his entire family. And things kept happening. Like, early, I, I kind of thought back and it just... The way... What we're seeing of Simon could be, like, the starting steps of, like, him losing his mind a little bit. Because there was just a lot of, like... He was imagining. He was staring. He was, like, wandering off and doing things and interacting with things that weren't there. I was like, if they just changed it up a little bit, changed the lighting and changed the sound, we could just become a horror movie at any point. Also, he's really, like, he's open to anything. Like, as soon as he just kind of thought, oh, it might be that guy, he just went, I'm in love with them. <laughs> it didn't matter what kind of person they were. He's like, that's the one. <laughs> so that's kind of, that's why I was interested to see if it ended up being the bully, the homophobic yeah. guy. Because it's like, would he have just been like, yeah, let's make out now. But See, I had a moment where I, like, it was... I know he had, like, crushes on everybody, but that got shut down for me really early. Remember when they were talking about the Game of Thrones thing? Yeah. And then they went into the school and they're like, maybe it's a Game of Thrones fan. And the first guy that's wearing a Jon Snow t-shirt is overweight. And everybody giggled in the movie theatre. And it's like, gay people can be overweight. And that made me feel really uncomfortable. And then the next person they showed... Was the tall guy that yeah. was like the magician's friend? Yeah, and he's of like Southeast Asian heritage, and it was also was that a joke too? But his shirt specifically showed him off as a ladies' man, mm. so that's why I counted him out. And then the third guy was just kind of like his hair was a little long and he had glasses, and I was like, so the person has to be pretty, like. It's just like oh, they're very like everyone. He was like, that's them. Was you know like very pretty couple. No matter who you're with, even though like the whole things is like personality because of the emails and stuff. Yeah. So that like that made me upset because I was like the cheap joke of somebody who's a little bit overweight. Like <laughs> they can't be gay or loved or anything. That like mm. like the rest of the movie I loved, but that uh, that ruined. A little for me. Yeah, I didn't um, even think about that. I think I just thought, I was like, that's a straight boy right there. Yeah. 
He loves some Daenerys. <laughs> but he was wearing a John shirt, John Snow shirt that said "Let it snow." Yeah. I guess that, like you want. Oh, that one about the Night's Watch is horrible. Yeah. I just instantly imagined. I was like, most of them are rapists, but okay. Yeah. Rapists are murderers. Yeah, I just really wouldn't be aligning myself with the Night's Watch. Also, as a straight woman, I don't watch Game of Thrones much and go, mm-mm, yeah. Like, it's, there's a lot of fighting and a lot of boobs. Like, there are pretty dudes in it. Yeah. But it is not, it's it's so the male gaze. It's yeah. not, it's not for us ladies. We just gotta try extra hard. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not a Jon Snow. I don't, like, get it. Is even though I was talking earlier about how like short guys with black hair, but I don't know, I just don't feel it with John. Like, but, he's but I don't. Yeah, his butt's pretty great, but I just like, I've just never really liked John himself. He's a bit and like, whenever I read his chapters in the book, I kind of wished they were over sooner. So, mm. like, I was just never. He never it was never there for me. I'm just all about Danny. I'm just in it to win it. Let's do this, girl. Let's See, go. So, <laughs> this is completely off topic, but in the most recent season of all Dra- RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 3, one of the queens the whole time made Game of Thrones references, and she was like, I am Daenerys, the mother of dragons, and I am going to win this season by playing it like Game of Thrones. And it was great. At one point, a queen who'd won season one, she was called Cersei Lannister for her the way she was kind of like manipulating things. And at the end, she completely didn't even end up in the top two. And so I was like, yeah, Cersei, no queen no more. Like, this is this is reflecting Game of Thrones perfectly. But then the queen, Shangela, she didn't end up in the top two either. And she'd worked the hardest. She essentially had a full Daenerys Targaryen mm. in this run. And the other people chose two other queens who they thought were more deserving. But it was the queens themselves that had been eliminated who chose the winners. So... I was like, what if this happens in Game of Thrones? Like, what if everyone's like, yeah, Danny, you worked real hard, but there's a new person and we like them a lot more and we're going to give it to them because they'll do better with it. You are a war-hardened criminal now. Like... Frosted Tips. Great guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's entrepreneurial. Like, he gets it done. It just made me scared because that's what I thought was going to happen. And now I'm convinced that Game of Thrones is going to mirror Drag Race. But if George R. R. Martin doesn't release the book soon, like, I'm just going to... I have... The only drama I have is Drag Race pretending they're Game of Thrones. Like, that's mm. the closest, like... Back to books. What were you... So you've read how much of the book? <laughs> only, like, a third. Oh, okay. Like, I'm not that far in. I thought that I was going to get through it, but then I, like... I just got lazy. But also, I was kind of starting to feel like I'd probably like the movie a bit more. Because mm. I didn't really get any of the references in the book, but I got all the references in the movie. I feel like I'm just... I was tapped out pop culture-wise 2014. I just wasn't, like, I don't know the bands they're talking about. I, like, knew very small details. But, and also, like, after they used some language, it just made me really uncomfortable. But it was, like, it was good. It just was kind of like, I really liked Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I liked, um, I liked The Catcher in the Rye. And their snapshots of a person's life when they're about 17. Um, similar thing, like... Music's incorporated, high school life's incorporated, and there's some queer tones to it. But I felt like like I'm gonna finish reading Love Simon, and I would probably enjoy it. But like again, I suppose with 
supposed to be in Wallflower and Catcher in the Rye, they deal more with mental illness than they do with love, I suppose. So, mm, And self-acceptance. Yeah. So I'm excited to finish it, but the movie was just pretty wonderful. I'm super happy with it. It was ve- It was good. It was enjoyable. There are things where I'm like, I wish I were a middle-class white boy in America and with my problem being my sexuality. <laughs> I was like, I'll take it. Like, your bedroom is sick. I've done high school wrong because I did not have enough posters. Yeah. I did not like them looking at me. They I got, like, I need blank walls. He got his car. He got to go and have coffee every morning. <gasps> they I, had, like, such a sweet friendship going on. I like that he had a... A kind of not a crappy car, but like yeah, it was not very, a like, brand new yeah, car. Like Subaru with like, is that a hatchback or is it like what are they? It's, they're not sedans. It's, it's a car. They're the big ones, the big fat long ones. Like that was very like people have those cars when you go to school when you're like sixteen. Yeah, that was super. I think all our coffee trips were when it was sport. Mm. We walked to McDonald's. Yeah. So we've done that wrong too, but honestly, the only drive through cafe there is is McDonald's yeah. in Australia, so... Oh, other things that I really, really loved. I loved, in the book, they, um, the play was Oliver Twist, but in this, it was Cabaret. Much more of a queer choice. Um, I am, like, slightly uncomfortable with Martin being, like, the bi-icon character of... The, the cabaret, mm. yeah, the bicon, the um, cabaret runner, because you know, like, he's spoiled once you see Alan come and do it. And also, the original actor in the cabaret movie was perfect and wonderful. But it was just good to hear that song every now and then through there, the good old Beyond the New Welcome. And uh, I loved the drama teacher, she was amazing. She had so many good speeches, and like, her going off and being just absolutely real with the kids was just what you wanted, like. You don't, like, it's very rare to get teachers who react to hatred in that way. To actually, like, like, you can't really talk, like, because I've had experience as a teacher, you can't really talk to the kids like that. But she was just talking to them like they're people and treating them the way that they should be. Because they were being terrible and she was just like, no, I'm going to ruin this. I'm going to take you a step down and show you why it's wrong. Mm. I liked the vice principal. But I I knew he was going to make those guys apologise. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been made to apologise to people in primary school for when someone was, like, bullying me. And it's like, I do not mean this. And mm. this is crap. You shouldn't force an apology. Because then people are going to say sorry just to get away with things. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't make someone apologise. It defeats the purpose. Yeah, you need to the get apology. them to, like, how do they not realise that what they were doing was just so stupid? But um, the, when he said, you just have to accept that they want to be boyfriends, how he got that <laughs> so wrong was just so slightly out of touch. Like, I am doing my best to work for you and work with you, but I also haven't asked you any personal questions, so I don't know anything about your life, so I'm just kind of helping as, like, an adult teacher thing that I, I was like, that's very realistic as well. But he was so funny. He was just so funny the whole way through. He was just zinger, zinger, zinger. But, like, the drama teacher outshined him. She, like, oh, yeah. was a scene stealer. She was so funny. But he was just, like, all positive energy, And then when it came to the crunch, he didn't do so good. And Mm. she was, like, (laughs) bitter. But she was the strongest ally I've ever seen. Maybe she was queer herself. She was just crushing it. Amazing. (laughs) 
She needs a new job. She's not destined to be a teacher. She's too sick of everyone's shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good that she's there, but you like, I just want a movie about her and how, how much she hates her life. And <laughs> she's like, goes home and talks about how she has to deal with all these crappy acting kids. I loved when um, they were singing the opening song to Cabaret and when he finished the note, she kept going. That was so funny. Beautiful stage, Mum. I enjoyed Martin humiliating himself. Yeah. I've, I think I've been in Abby's shoes. <laughs> like, oh no, don't do this. This is bad for everyone involved. And also, yeah, too many, he had a lot of Caddyshack shirts. It was just like, he was just a stream of Caddyshack references. Who was running this website? Is yeah. it Gossip Girl? So, yeah. Is it Dan? It's Dan, Dan from Gossip still Girl. like, oh, I'm retired, so I've gone to high school now? So in the book, I was very, I felt very jarred because the first time they ever mention that, they call it the Tumblr. And I <laughs> thought that the writer was just out of touch and she was calling Tumblr the Tumblr. But she meant a specific Tumblr. She meant the Tumblr that the school uses. Oh, yeah. But it never kind of... I never got over that shock. Every time she mentioned the Tumblr, I really genuinely thought that it was like when your parents say... Oh, the the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah, so somebody just, they kind of, yeah, position it as like a gossip girly sort of thing. Like, somebody just runs the Tumblr and that's what everyone uses to dish dirt about each other. I feel like this movie did actually touch on a lot of themes, like, just like, kind skimmed over the top of it because that's super bullying yeah they've just got a platform for bullying and the teachers even read it because the vice um principal president the (laughs) vice president (laughs) clearly knew what was going on so he's reading this blog and he's not trying to shut it down yeah so maybe like i mean maybe these exist they Mm. probably do realistically they would and maybe they're not as sinister as like, I would assume, like, if it was when we went to school, that would be horrifying. It'd just be, like, everyone's nudes. Yeah. 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 Because that's what we, that was it. We didn't, we back in our day, we didn't have the internet. <laughs> we just had text. Oh. It would be horrific. Because this is like, this is like the perfect town they live in. Yeah. And Even though it's ba- called Shady Creek. Was it? I yeah. didn't notice they that. did the Ferris wheel and said Shady Creek, and I was like, "Are we gonna have like a serious turn? Like he's mm. he's looking at a Ferris wheel." And the last time I saw a Ferris wheel in the movie, it was that terrible Death Note, and like, oh yeah, and the like, bad things happen. Yeah, and also the operator is in The Walking Dead, mm. and he is the worst. He's a bad man, so he could have just gunned them all down. Yeah. Oh, the ending's so awkward. I was, I was like, go away. Stop standing around and cheering, you weirdos. Yeah, yeah. You don't... Like, woo! <laughs> wooing at the Gay. first <laughs> And then um, I liked that Catherine Langford didn't let that lady, who looked too old to be in high school, um, recording them. So it was just a random yeah. adult recording them. But, like, I mean, some of those high schoolers looked, as you were saying throughout the movie, they look like they're going to pick up their kid. Lyle's waiting for... He's a divorced dad. He's waiting for his kids. Lyle's pretty cute, though. Yeah, but, like, not for a high school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was, like, yeah, he was uh, 100% adult. Sorry, Lyle. Yeah. Everyone else, yeah, parson, but no, Lyle. (laughs) 